today we're going to step into an understanding of what it is to really un really comprehend that we were created for conversation created for conversation like you're inclined toward interaction it's just your design from god and I want us to see a few things uh, about this today. I felt like the Lord was kind of cautioning me, to be honest with you. Um, today, we'll feel incomplete. As I've looked at this, I like to bring closure to and commission for. And, and I just felt the Lord was saying, today we'll feel incomplete on purpose because today is to be awakened and activated to another level of conversation with God. And the completion of that picture happens as we walk out of this room as an expression of God's conversation of love to the world around us. And so you're going to have a greater sense and a greater awareness of how to walk in the conversation of God and the conversation with others about the conversation of God through the course of this season, these next several weeks, probably from now till Easter. And we're just asking God and inviting him to speak uh, into our hearts and into our lives. And so how many of you know you can have ears and not hear? Jesus said you have ears here, so clearly you can have ears and not hear. In other words, just because you have ears doesn't mean you hear the spiritual things God desires for you to hear. And it's pretty understandable why we wouldn't hear the voice of God when there are a thousand voices screaming for our attention. And it just keeps getting louder in our lives. A thousand voices just going, I mean, I, there are things that are demands that are coming my way and people are wanting to have a conversation and I need to remember to do this. And I mean, this conversation, like, can I even hear the voice of God in the midst of all these voices going on? I don't know if I can hear the voice of God. I hear so many voices going on in my life. And I want to challenge you, fasting and prayer silences those voices so that you can hear the voice of God. Holy Spirit, we are all on a journey just trying to find our way. No matter how far we've gone, there's more. No matter how naive we've been, you're gracious. And I pray, Father, you would help us today to get a deeper sense of awareness to what you're desiring for us to understand in our relationship with you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So fasting quiets the noise around us that we can more clearly hear the voice of God. Let's understand this about fasting. It's an important practice that the Bible says is normal for Christians. Jesus said, when you pray, how many of you know when he says when you pray, that means you should pray. How many of you believe we should all pray? When he says when you pray, not if you pray, then we understand there should be times when we pray. And he goes on in that same text of Scripture and says, when you fast, therefore we should fast. This should be a normal practice for us as Christians. For me, personally, I have a day of the week that is my fasting day. Right now we're doing a 21-day emphasis, and I just felt the Lord was giving me direction for those 21 days. That's maybe a little different than what most other people are doing. But I just want to be sensitive to Him and what He's desiring, because fasting quietens the voices around us. See, fasting does not make God more aware of you. This is the misunderstanding that most of us have. Uh, as Christians, fasting thinks, oh, all of a sudden I'm fasting and praying and God sees my sacrifice and he's more aware of me. Let me just let you know something. God's fully aware of you all the time. Fasting does not make God more aware of you. Fasting makes you more aware of God. 
You're walking through your day and you're just more aware of his nearness, more aware of his promptings, more aware of his voice. Every decision becomes a discussion when you're walking in the awareness of God. It's just this ongoing connection that you have with the Lord your God. So Tracy and I recently were at a, a layover in an airport, and, and there was this guy that was talking to us. And I found myself, maybe just because of the season we're in, it's a heightened awareness or something, but I found myself having interaction with this guy and, and kind of leaning in to a greater concentration to have an awareness of what God might be saying over him. I, I literally sat there looking at him thinking, I'm ready to give this guy a prophetic word right here in the airport. You know, whatever, whatever God wants to do. Last Sunday, Tracy and I, uh, we went into the kids' area. We ministered in both services with the kids just to stir up prayer and prophetic in our sons and daughters. How many believe the Bible says that our sons and daughters shall prophesy? I want to wake that up in our kids. I want to wake that up in our lives. I want to declare that God's activating the church to have a greater awareness of the conversation God's desiring to have with us so that he can have that conversation through us and the lives of people around us. We are a part of the loving conversation God's desiring to have. What we have to do is learn to pay attention to what God is desiring to say. And sometimes uh, your voice is the loudest voice of all the voices going on in your life because you won't be quiet long enough to pay attention. Lord, this day, I thank you, Father, for your, for your presence in, in my life, Lord. And I come to you, Lord, just seeking your will for my life because I want to serve you, Lord. I wanted to talk to you about this business opportunity that I had. And it's, it's this amazing thing where it's, if, if I do this, it looks like it's gonna be really good. Um, the good thing about it is, is that it will be a tool that I can use to, to grow my ministry and to serve you better, to reach other people and, um, and bring you into their lives. But I also wanted to talk to you about my family because I was really worried about, you know, my, my kids. I pray a hedge of protection around my kids and just pray, Lord, that you would guide their steps, that you would be in their lives and that you would be um, looking out for them when they don't know what to do themselves. I know that it says folly is built up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. It's just that they run really fast and I can't catch them because I was really also worried about my husband. You know, we haven't been communicating with each other, you know, like, because we haven't been talking too well lately either, and I just don't know why that is, but, but I just pray, Lord, for, for your guidance in that. I'm just hoping and praying, Lord, to know what the will, your will for my life is, and just to be this, your servant. <sighs> this was good. <laughs> Anybody here guilty of never letting God get a word in edgewise, right? When we get ramped up and ready to pray, we just blah. He is such a conversational God with so many wonderful things to say. And I want us today to explore that, understand it on a deeper level, to recognize we were created for conversation. The title today is about the deeper conversation that's going on in our lives. In Acts 15, there's this interesting portion of Scripture with these mature believers leading the church and they're asking for direction and they're having a conversation about the direction they're supposed to give to the body of Christ. And I love it because it says, uh, Acts 15, verse 28, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. The basis of their decision was what seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us, not to burden you with any anything beyond the following requirements. And then it goes on and explains guidance and direction for the body of Christ. It seemed good for the Holy Spirit and to us. 
You know, Tracy and I have conversations about our future, our family, the ministry of the church. How many times have we neglected to pay attention to and say, it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. But we become so, um, so self-sufficient in a horrible way without even understanding that's what we're doing. We're so busy trying to do things with God, and the essence of that and the basis of that is actually pride. And I believe God wants to address that and deal with that within us so that we become more reliant upon him and pay closer attention to what he has to say about the circumstances that are coming our way. Jesus did not come to start a religion. He came to address the deepest sense of brokenness in fallen humanity in our fallen world. And if we will pay attention to how he addressed that need, then it will communicate something to us about how our deepest needs are actually met. And so I want us to see this today and take a look at it from this standpoint in, how many know God knows exactly what we need? He knows exactly what we need. He knows exactly how to get through to us. He knows exactly how to draw us into the deeper purposes of God. He knows how to reach deep, deep, deep within us into places that we don't even know exist. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to unlock some of that today. And, and how many of you know it's painful when you start looking at chambers that exist down deep within your life that you did not even know existed? We all have memories, lifelong memories. We've all been on this journey from where we are today all the way back to the day that we were born. We have experiences and memories and some things we lock up and we don't want to think about. But all of it is actually producing a narrative that's skewing our perspective one way or another. And we need to understand that and recognize that's exactly what God has done in sending Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. Everybody say Word. He was the Word, and he, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It was God sending the Word, Jesus saying, I want to have a Word with you, humanity. It was God initiating conversation. The word, Word, in the Greek language is actually the word logos. I thought it would be rhema. When I looked at what I've heard people describe, rhema and logos, and the two Greek words that translate word, I thought surely it would be rhema. It's not. It's logos. And it's a full message in and of itself what I began to discover of why that's the case. But I just want you to think about it in simplistic terms today as we try and get a picture of what God's wanting to reveal through this. But in the beginning was the logos, the logic of God. Logos means more than a mere word. It's a full dissertation. It's an explanation. It's the logic of God embodied in Jesus. Are we all together? on this. So this is God's Word literally embodied in Christ or the logic of God revealed in who Jesus is so that we might understand and have comprehension of what God is desiring to reveal. Jesus came to initiate the logical conversation that God desires to initiate within our lives. Now think about this. The Savior came as an expression of conversation from God to activate and awaken. How many of you believe your life will be changed if you can step into a place of more meaningful realization of conversation with God at any given moment in time? That's what we were designed for. Now, if we needed a political leader to solve all of our problems, then Jesus wouldn't have been a conversation embodied from God. He would have been a political leader. If we needed a, mil a military leader to solve all of the world's problems, then Jesus would have been a military leader. So let's be clear. The world's problems will never all be solved politically. They will never all be solved militarily. The world's 
problems will only be solved when we get the logic of God alive within us by the Spirit of God cooperating with and connecting with the conversation of God so that we are redeemed, restored, and become an expression of His love. God sent what the world needed. He addressed the world's problems. First blank on your card, God addressed the world's problems by initiating conversation with humanity. I hope that you've accepted Christ. I hope you've not just made a religious decision to pray a prayer, but you've truly accepted Christ and that you understand accepting Christ is not the the end of life, it's the beginning of life. It's not like, oh, life is over, I'm going to accept Christ now, I'm not going to have fun anymore. You know, when I first became a Christian, I I had those thoughts in my mind, like, I want to tell people about Jesus because I feel so alive on the inside, but, but I was more in touch with my old life than I was in understanding of what new life was going to actually hold. And I remember thinking in my mind, and maybe some of you can identify with this, but I remember thinking in my mind, man, I want these people to come to Christ, but, but they just have to give up so much. I just, I don't know that they're going to not want to have fun anymore. And, and it was such a wrong way of thinking. And the more I've learned about who God is and what we're designed to do, the more I realized I was embracing everything that was counterfeit when I was living in the world. And it led to every dead end that I could ever find and unfulfillment in every way. And I tried a number of different things to try and find fulfillment. And all it kept doing was damaging my soul deeper and deeper until the conversation with God came alive within me and began to activate my soul and redeem my life and replenish who I am that I might be more whole and more complete the way God designed me to be. Every person on the planet needs this. Jesus is the word. God was saying, I'd like a word with you. Let's talk. Let's have an ongoing conversation together. And the more we learn about living life in the power of the Holy Spirit, And the more we learn to live life in functioning in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, then the more we realize that is actually a supernatural empowering by God for us to become the conversation of God in the earth that people around us then begin to say, I believe that I'm hearing from God right now as I'm hearing from God's people. Come on, this is God's design for us, and this is God's desire for us to step into this. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 to 16 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You see, this is, this is the problem today. When we start talking about the conversation, I, I sensed it uh, in the very beginning. The Lord just would, was going to have moments of interruption. And as I'm reading this, I just hear the Lord saying in this moment that there's some people in the room who need to slip up their hand and say, this is speaking of me, and I'm refusing to fall back. I'm I'm not going back. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to move ahead. And I'm going to pray a strength over every person right now who's been sensing even a question, a desire to go backwards in your faith. It is not about going backwards. This is about going forward. So I want to just say, lift your hand if that's you. I'm declaring in Jesus' mighty name strength to move forward, strength over every person that's lifting their hand right now that maybe has been questioning things in the Spirit of God, Lord, I thank you that you are awakening that in this room, that we will be strengthened and empowered. There is no going back. We are mighty men and women of God, and we are charging forward in the purposes of God. In Jesus' mighty name. 
there's a supernatural strength that just came upon you to go forward. Do you believe that? Like, this is how we're supposed to live. This is how we're supposed to preach when we preach. This is how we're supposed to have conversations when we have conversations. All of a sudden, God's in the middle of it, and all of my agenda takes a back seat to whatever God desires to do. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back. I've been reflecting on this, and I'll be preaching it soon, but I've been reflecting on this whole idea of taking thoughts captive. What that means is I imprison my thoughts. I make my thoughts my prisoner. And if I don't do that, then my thoughts make me their prisoner. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Such an intimate term. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. There is a deeper narrative that exists within your soul. Have you ever had somebody having a conversation with you and they said something seemingly innocent but it hit a nerve and you produced a reaction as a result of the nerve that they struck? Can I just see? Raise your hand. They had no idea what they were tapping into. And why was that a reaction that you would produce? Maybe you've had that conversation with somebody and you're just like, they had this outrageous reaction and you're just like, what did I say? And it's not what you said, it's what has been said that's actually a deeper narrative that exists within their life. And I, I felt the Lord was saying this to me, I kind of made a note. Our earliest memories many times produce our deepest narrative. You know, when I think of some of the challenges I had uh, as a boy, that those are the things that have just these anchor points in my life. They, there's this deep, deep narrative that exists from some of our earliest memories. And I believe God wants to help us understand, because you may not realize this, this narrative I'm talking about has actually been being developed by, for your entire life. It's what produces your insecurity on a level that is beyond your understanding. It is also what produces a strength that is beyond your understanding. This is a deep, deep narrative, and what happens is God's logic embodied in Christ is merging in with the narrative that exists within your soul, producing and refining and defining and redefining the strongest, deepest narrative of your life that will hold you on course, and you will understand conviction from an entirely different perspective of your life. Filling your mind with things other than the things of the Spirit will misdirect your passion and sabotage your mission. Filling your mind with things other than the things of the Spirit will misdirect your passion and sabotage your mission. Alex, I'm just going to prophesy to you that this is your fall. This fall is your fall. I'm talking to you on a very personal level that nobody else in the room knows how deeply I'm talking to you 
about the pattern of the fall in your life, but I'm saying to you, this fall is your fall. And I see you being surrounded by some instrumental people that are gonna speak into your life, particularly stepping into this fall, but not only are they gonna speak into your life, but you're gonna speak into their life, and you are coming into a place. I'm, I'm, I'm in the spirit, I see an oak tree that's planted and suddenly being enlarged at the trunk, miraculously enlarged at the trunk. I mean, the strength that is about to come upon you is profound and amazing. Why don't you stand to your feet, lift your hands before the Lord your God. He is strengthening you at the core. Lord, we are declaring over this man of God that you are strengthening his life. You are taking him deeper in a place of greater rootedness, and you are producing greater fruit in his life. I hear the Lord saying over you, Alex, in regard to your entrepreneurial business anointing, you ain't seen nothing yet. What God is about to do is going to blow your mind. People around you are going to be astonished that you are able to do the things that God has equipped you to do, but he's doing so supernaturally in Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Come on, we just declare that in this room. We declare that in this room. God wants to activate something where we're learning to pay attention to him. It's just a simple way of life. I want to love my wife in a way that it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us that we function this way together, that we're involved in decisions or whatever that may be. I want to parent my daughters in a way that it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Do you understand? God sent his son Jesus, the logical conversation of God embodied in Christ, to activate a conversation as a way of life so that everything that we do involves the, the input that God desires to bring into, into our lives. Now, I think about what I'm about to say. It's a long statement. A gluttonous, indulgent, entertainment-addicted social media age. And you know that's the age we live in. A gluttonous, indulgent, entertainment-addicted social media age filled with illicit desire has produced bored and boring people who lack the purpose for which they were created because they've settled for digital reality that isn't even reality at all. You were born for more than conquering the next level of a video game. There are next levels that are real next levels, faith to faith, level to level, glory to glory. There are next levels that are real next levels. Let's not settle for the digital counterfeit and, and feel like we can beat our chest with our friends because we've conquered a level when we're actually designed to conquer a level. See, the world's ideas, they get deeply embedded in our lives. What I'm talking about is a deeper narrative, a deeper conversation that's going on in all of our lives. And the world's ideas, they get deeply embedded in our lives, and the fallen nature just naturally begins to default to these perspectives. Do you believe this? We just naturally default to the fallen perspectives. In other words, we are inclined to identify with our dysfunction, but we are designed to identify with our destiny. You have to be willing to move beyond an inclination to move in the wrong direction as you choose to live by the Spirit in the right direction, and suddenly you will let go of everything that the enemy has tried to use to hold you back. It is only when we renew our minds and we get God's word seated deeply in our hearts 
that we begin rising above this world's damaging philosophies. And these damaging philosophies have the capacity to actually infiltrate the narrative that exists within your life and sabotage the mission and destroy your marriage and ruin your children. But God has sent his son, Jesus, that he might redeem all of those things in our lives if we get our thinking right. Nothing can help you if your thinking is wrong. And folks, nothing can stop you if your thinking is right. Come on, help me today. Do not think for a second that what you think about doesn't matter because it does. And this is why we've been announcing in today's the day the focus of addressing the pornography epidemic in our society. There's a book written called Every Man's Battle. I believe it to be true. This is one of those deep-seated narratives that exists within humanity. Your sexuality is actually God's avenue for procreation and actually populates the planet from generation to generation. It's strong that exists within you. And if it's not bridled in a way and harnessed in a way that produces that which God desires in fruitfulness, then it's perverted by the enemy to destroy, damage, and distract. So this afternoon, we'll be meeting all the guys that will be a part of this. We're going to launch into this first few weeks, five, six weeks here first, and it'll start at 1.30 right here in this building. You'll come in the lobby, and we'll go upstairs, and it's going to be 90-minute max. We've got another class after that. The institute will be starting shortly after that. We've got to get all set up for it. So 1.30 to 3, 90 minutes max. We're going to typically aim for 60 minutes, uh, but it will, t- first, first week's probably going to take the full 90. We'll commit to not go over 90. But I want to ask you if you're interested at all in addressing this issue in our society. Whether you need to address it within yourself or not is not what I'm saying. How many of you know that you know people that are struggling in this area and being equipped to know how to effectively help them would really help you help them? And I just want to challenge you to consider being a part of this just for these first five weeks especially, and then we'll see where we go from there, but that'll be 1.30 today. And ladies, I want you to know, we've not forgotten you because the percentages in society also communicate this is a huge issue, not just among men, but among women as well. And so I'm so thankful, and I just want to say thank you to Linda Potter and Tiffany Nickel. Uh, We've got a team of ladies that are working and developing a a curriculum to help women in this regard. And we're going to be starting that on Tuesday, March the 3rd. You might want to mark it down, 6.30 in the evening, uh, right in that same room. I, I I just think we're really making the devil mad right now. I think in the middle, God had it all planned out that in the middle of a 21-day fast, we'd begin launching these assaults against some of the most kingpin issues that the enemy likes to taunt uh, God's people with. God's purposing this. So I want to challenge you. Your action point this week is pretty simple. Get in the Word. Get in the Word. Spend some time over Romans chapter 8. It's an incredible chapter. I've just recently been rehearsing it over and over again. It's been one of my favorite chapters since I became a Christian. And I want to just ask you, in the course of this week, take some time and rehearse. Just listen to the beautiful artistry that's expressed in this chapter. The magnificent invitation 
that God is giving where you will stop beating yourself up over the mistakes that you have made so you can enter into a conversation God desires to have. I still joke with Lexi about it. But when she was little, we were on the football field back here and, um, and I was holding my phone like this and a little girl came up who had a cheerleading outfit on and she started showing me her cheer. And the music started playing and I'm a very excitable person. Have you noticed that? And so when the little girl is dancing and I'm with my daughter, I'm in the spirit of the game. And I start, you know, jiggling and wiggling and getting involved. And so I'm like, yeah, 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 cheer. And, and, and I just lose my mind. And, and the music is going, I lost my mind. And I whack, hit Lexi in the nose so hard, knocks my phone out of my hand. So the weight of the phone contributed to literally what we believe actually broke her nose. She started crying, ran to the bathroom. How many of you know I felt like a dud, not a dad? And I mean, I apologized to her and apologized to her, and years go by, and still every once in a while I think about it when we're talking, and I'll say, I just want you to know, and when she knows I'm going down that road, this is what she says, Dad, please. <laughs> you know, like, stop it. It frustrates her that I keep on bringing this up. It is a non-issue issue to her. She knows it was a mistake. I, I still feel bad. I can't get over the fact that I'm going to feel bad. But the fact is it hinders our ability to have a relationship if I just keep on going back and rehearsing the mistake that I made. Come on, this is you in your relationship with God. Let it go. Therefore, there is now, come on, let's stand. We just stand in this revelation of Romans chapter 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. Everybody say no condemnation. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. He condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who cultivate a conversation with God over the things of the Spirit rather than continually having a conversation born from the flesh. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things that the flesh desires, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. We give you thanks, Lord. We give you thanks. There's energy in this room. It's more than emotional energy. It's more than verbal momentum from man. But it's the energy of God, the power of the Spirit, addressing the deeper narrative that exists within our souls, helping us to be established, that we would be held on course in times of every storm, that we would have a momentum that would cause us to charge every giant 
that dares to step in our way as we are fulfilling our God-given destiny. We will not stop. We will not slow down. But we will walk out this plan together in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. You really can't cultivate an effective conversation with God if you're not a Christian. That's where it begins. The flesh will never pray. The spirit comes alive. The spirit then begins to interact. And that's how we walk this out. Jesus said very clearly, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. If you're here and you say, I'm not sure I'm a Christian, I wanna confess him before men so that he will confess me before his Father in heaven, my Father in heaven, then I want you to raise your hand. I wanna pray for you. Anybody here, you say, I'm, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure I'm walking with God in that way. I'm not sure that I've given my life to Christ in that way. Anybody at all? The Israelites came out of the bondage of Egypt when they passed through the Red Sea. I want you to think about it. Generational captors died in the water. In other words, the enemies that held their mom and daddy captive died that day and would never hold their sons and daughters captive. The generational curse was broken. Do you understand? Going through the Red Sea. This is speaking of being baptized into Christ. Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ? And that's where salvation begins. But you got to understand, passing through the waters in water baptism is more significant than some ceremonial expression. Some people in the room, maybe you need to respond and say, I'm serving notice on some generational curses. I'm going to pass through the waters next Sunday night, and I'm going to walk this thing out in a way as I mix my faith in such a way that my sons and daughters will never face the giants that have been handed to me from my mom and daddy. Come on, let's just break some generational curses right now in this place. We break some generational curses. Lord, we give you thanks. We give you thanks. I thank you for the power of God that is demonstrated through your son initiating conversation with us that you would activate and awaken a deeper narrative of the spirit that would come alive within the soil and the soul in our lives, Father, that we might become an expression of conversation from God to the world around us. The world around us will be transformed powerfully and beautifully. In the name of Jesus.